Seeking Pearls podcast. My name is Rebecca Meidinger. It is a joy to be with you today. Today we are in our fourth episode in the series we're on in Jonah, which is Jonah. It's about Jesus. The whole book of Jonah points us to Jesus, and we will certainly see that very clearly today, that the this message points us to Jesus. Jesus himself said that the sign of Jonah is a sign that we will receive that the Son of Man will be in the earth for three days and will be raised from the dead, just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and then was released from the great fish to do his work of ministry. And Jesus referred to Jonah as a sign that is pointing directly to him, to the Messiah. And so we're going to see that today. Today, one thing we're going to really look at is just the humanity of Jonah, which we have seen the whole time. Ever since Jonah got the first call from God to go to Nineveh and he tried to get away from the Lord, not just avoid going to Nineveh, but get away from the Lord was really his goal. He tried to flee from the Lord by going the opposite direction. And he learned, lo and behold, that the Lord was there. So we have seen Jonah's humanity this whole time. While he was in the belly of the great fish, we saw Jonah turn back to God and seek God with his whole heart in the belly of the fish and turn around and go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. And as he preached, the people repented and the people turned toward God. And we learned in chapter 3, verse 10 in our last episode, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and he did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Now, if you've been tracking along, you will know that last episode we had a long conversation about what this means that God changed his mind. Because I'm reading this this podcast series, I'm using the New Living Translation. And one thing that I disagree with the New Living Translation in is is this change his mind. It says it in verse 9 of chapter 3 and in verse 10 that God changed his mind. Whereas every other translation pretty much across the board English translations use the word that God relented. He relented from the destruction that he said he would do because the people repented. And so he turned from the destruction he was going to give and he forgave them instead. I was talking last episode about how that is not God changing his mind. Rather, that is God being very consistent throughout the whole of Scripture of what he has always said he would do, that if my people would humble themselves and pray. So that's from Second Chronicles 7.14. That's just like a great statement that that is characteristic of who God is. If my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive and heal their land. That is what God has said he would do, and that is what he has done throughout the whole of Scripture. And then another Scripture that I love in the same context is Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Peter is preaching And he says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And we're going to see that be very real for Jonah today. Like repent from your sin so that times of refreshing can come from the Lord. The Lord wanted to give Nineveh a time of refreshing because they did repent of their sin 
And so I do not believe that God was changing his mind. I believe that he relented, as he always says he would do, and he is consistent with his character. This applies to chapter 4, which we're in today, because right when you start chapter 4, it's still going with this whole mindset of God being able to change his mind. Because chapter 4 says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Now, every other English translation, instead of saying this change of plans, that phrase change of plans, that is not in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, this most literally, like most English translations say, this greatly disturbed Jonah or greatly displeased Jonah. And he became very angry. So this is not a change of plans, but it's this, God relenting and forgiving the sins of Nineveh. This greatly upset Jonah or greatly displeased Jonah. It's not a change of plans, though. It's frustrating to me that the New Living Translation put the words change of plans in there because it's not a change of plans. This is what God does when we repent he forgives our sins. That is not a change of plans. That is the gospel story that God forgives our sins. <laughs> and so the NLT says this change of plans, but like I said, every other translation says this greatly displeased displeased Jonah or something like that. This greatly displeased Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. As the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. And then God said to Jonah, is it right to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant. Although you did nothing to put it there, it came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than a 120 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? There ends the reading. That is the end of Jonah. That was the entirety of chapter 4. So let's go back now to the top of it. So we discussed already chapter 4, verse 1, which is the verse I was talking about where it talks about the change of plans that is, I would say, translated uh, a little bit misleadingly. 
because it's not a change of plans. It is what God has said that God would do. If we repent, he will forgive. That is the plan. But God's repent or God's forgiveness <clears throat> really upset Jonah. <laughs> he was really mad. He did not think the people of Nineveh deserved to be forgiven. Now, here's something really interesting. Two contemporary prophets of Jonah, Amos and Nahum, had been prophesying by this time that Assyria would attack the northern kingdom of Israel. And so Jonah very likely knows about their prophecies that Assyria is going to attack the northern kingdom of Israel. And he is angry that God is going to forgive a, a people that he knows will, in just a few decades from this time, attack his own homeland. And so he does not want God to forgive yet, or ever, perhaps. So he's angry because he is familiar with those prophecies. However, the Lord, at this point, sees the people in the city of Nineveh repenting, and the Lord chooses in his righteousness and in his justice and his faithfulness, he chooses to relent. And Jonah gets angry. And what's so interesting is that Jonah is going to tell us more clearly than before why he tried to sail to Tarshish instead of obeying the first time. Right away, we learned that he was trying to get away from the Lord. But now we get more insight into why was he trying to get away from the Lord? Because he knew that God is merciful and compassionate. So he says in verse 2, Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you're merciful and compassionate. You are slow to anger. You are filled with unfailing love. Okay, that is almost exactly what God spoke to Moses when Moses wanted to see God. And God told Moses to go hide himself in the cleft of a rock and he would pass by God passed by Moses and let Moses see his back which we don't exactly know what that means but God declared who he is and this is almost exactly what God says that he is merciful and compassionate slow to anger filled with unfailing love so that is the core of who God is and Jonah knows that and that is why he did not want to go to Nineveh because he knew that God is a God who is eager, eager to turn back from destroying people. Last week we looked at 2 Peter 3.9, which says that God is not slow as some people consider slowness. But he is patient with you. Patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but all to have eternal life. God does not want anyone to perish. God is eager to save. We have a God who is very eager to save. He is not slow in keeping his promises. He is exceedingly patient because he doesn't want anybody to perish. He is eager to save. He is eager to save. And he was eager to save Nineveh. And Jonah was mad. In verse 4, I just love how Jonah, how the Lord just asks Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? Is it right for you to be angry about this? And Jonah does not respond. 
Jonah walks away. Like from it appears in the text that Jonah walks away from the conversation. Now, can you walk away from God? Uh, well, literally, no, because God is everywhere. So you can't literally walk away from God. But you can turn your back on God and tell God that you're done with the conversation. And it appears that that's what Jonah does. So the Lord says, is it right for you to be angry about this? And Jonah went to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen. Now, it's really interesting because he already knows what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know if God, like, when, and when it says that God did not carry out the destruction he threatened and then Jonah gets really upset about that, I don't know if the Lord had told Jonah at that point, I'm going to forgive Nineveh, or if some time passed there and Jonah just saw day after day after day that the destruction was not coming. You know, I'm not really sure. Like, how did Jonah figure out that God was not going to bring about the destruction? That is not clear. But... At this point, he goes and sits on the east side of the city. He must be like up on a hill or something overlooking the city because he can see the city. And he makes like a shelter, maybe out of some branches or something. He makes like a shelter from the sun and he's just going to sit there and he's going to wait and see what happens to the city. So maybe he's like, okay, I'm just going to camp out here for however long it takes before God realizes that these people Maybe they acted like they were repenting, but they are going to fall back into their sin so fast and God is going to judge them. God will bring about the destruction he had planned like next week, (laughs) you know. So I don't know how long Jonah was planning on like camping out there, but he went and made a little bit of a shelter to wait and see if God would bring about the destruction that Jonah was hoping God would do. Well, then, in a really interesting turn of events, God made a leafy plant grow up, like, seemingly overnight. Now, my commentary that I use said that there's a really good chance this might have been a castor bean plant, is what they called it, because they grow very, very quickly in the desert in hot sun to over 12 feet tall, and they can also wither very, very quickly. So it may have been something like that where it's a very leafy plant that gets really tall and would have provided far better shade than this little shelter that Jonah made. And the Lord miraculously, well, in the, in the New Living Translation in verse 6, it says God arranged for this leafy plant. And it's really interesting word choice because it's the exact same word that is used when God provided or arranged for the great fish. And when God provided or arranged for the, yeah, for the great fish to swallow up Jonah. So God provided or arranged for that great fish and God provided or arranged for this plant and then Jonah is so happy for this huge plant that grows over and gives him shade and much more comfort as he is sitting there watching and waiting for Nineveh to get destroyed it eased his discomfort and he's very very grateful but it was very short-lived because the next day it says at dawn God arranged or provided for a worm (laughs) to eat the plant 
and give it enough illness through, uh, through eating its stem that the plant withered and died. And then God provided or arranged the same word again for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. So Jonah was like comfortable for one day. And then all of a sudden God took away the plant and then he provided a great scorching wind. And Jonah is miserable. He says death is certainly better than living like this. He is miserable. Now, I think he could have left, right? I think he could have chosen to go home. He had done what God asked him to do. The people had repented, and he could have been like, well, it's really hot here in the desert. I'm going to (laughs) go. But he chose to sit there and watch because he wanted the people to be destroyed. He wanted God to come through and destroy the people. So Jonah, in his foolishness and in his pride, decided to sit there and watch and wait for God to destroy the people. And God made him realize what a terrible choice this was by first giving him a little bit of shade and then taking it away and making him miserably hot. And then God asks him a very similar question that he asked earlier when he said, is it right for you to be angry that the people of Nineveh are being saved? And Jonah didn't answer that question. Now in verse 9, God asks a very similar question. He says, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Jonah Is it right for you to be angry that the plant died? Well, let's think about this. Is it Jonah's plant? No. Did Jonah tend the plant? Did he grow the plant? Did he plant the plant? No. (laughs) So is it right for him to be angry about the plant? Jonah thinks so. In verse 9, he says, yes, even angry enough to die. Verse 10, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, although you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all of the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Shouldn't I feel sorry? Like you're so mad that this plant which was here and it was strong and it was mighty and it was a beautiful plant and then it withered and died. Well, Nineveh is a strong, mighty city. It's a big city full of 120,000 people. And if I destroy them, I mean, Jonah, these are my people. And whether or not they are far from me, which they are, they're far from me. I love them. They're my people. I created these people. Shouldn't I be upset about these people? Jonah, if you're so upset about this plant, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? I love these people. I want to forgive these people. These people are walking in darkness. Most translations, literally, it says about these people, it says they cannot tell their right hand from their left hand. They are a people who are spiritually blind and the Lord loves them and he wants to save them. He is eager to save them. Why are you mad, Jonah? In our text, 
we have no answer from Jonah. For Jonah to be able to write the book of Jonah, which we can assume he did, he must have learned his lesson. I wonder how long he sat there in the hot sun with the scorching east wind, pondering what the Lord had said. Or I wonder if he was like, you're right, why am I sitting here in my pride, staring at the city, waiting for you to destroy them? I've done what you asked me to do. I should just go home. I should just go home because it's clearly in God's hands. God is going to take care of the outcome. So Jonah did his part. He could just let God have the outcome and he can just go home and be at peace with it. Let it go. Let it go. Let God do what God is going to do. Jonah obeyed, not happily, but he obeyed. And God still used him. That is a that is a lesson for us. Like, we might think, did Jonah do what God asked him to do well? Like he did did he do this well? No, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I mean, he did finally get to Nineveh and he did preach. He spent three days going through the city preaching. But it doesn't seem like he did it well. Like he was trying to get away from God. He ended up getting swallowed by a fish. He finally did get to Nineveh. And then he was mad about it all. And he sat on a hill staring at the city, still hoping they would get destroyed. Then he argued with God about the plant. I mean, it doesn't seem like he did it well. And yet, and yet, God still was able to work in the hearts of the people of Nineveh they repented. Now, Nineveh is going to attack the northern kingdom of Israel in about 722 BC, which is maybe like 35 to 40 years after this. And then, um, well, Assyria will, not necessarily the city of Nineveh, but Assyria is going to attack the northern kingdom of Israel. And then Assyria as a nation is going to be overthrown about 150 years later. So, as a nation, uh, it still seems like there's a lot of judgment to come on Assyria, but there are individual people here, individual human lives that God saved and that we can trust uh, really did turn to God and really did have a saving relationship with God at this time. God saved these people. And did all of them stay with God or did many of them turn away from God again? Um, probably yes and yes. Probably many of them stayed and walked with God and knew God and trusted in God. And probably many of them turned away from God again. But there are individual lives that matter to God, that matter to God. God cares so deeply about these lives. And and Jonah's ministry was effective in the fact that God used him despite all of his failures, many, many failures, God used him to turn hearts towards God so that God could save them. And I find it amazing that despite all of Jonah's failures, God used him. And, and Jesus says that Jonah points us to him. Jesus is the better savior. Jonah did it mad and crabby and angry. (laughs) 
Jesus did it with love. He came to save us. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Luke 19.10 Jesus came to seek and save the lost. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus came to save the world. And he did it with joy. Um, Hebrews 12. Let's see here. Hebrews 12, 2 says, We ought to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus, for the joy set before him, his reunion with you, his relationship with you, seeking and saving the lost brought him joy, eternity with you, dear friend. For that joy, that joy was set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do not grow weary or lose heart because we have a Savior who has come to get us. We have a Savior who has come to seek us out, who desires to save us, who is patient to save us, and who is willing to use us despite all of our failures. He still is willing to use us. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And his mercy and his compassion is so much bigger than ours. Jonah was so mad. He did not think these people deserved the compassion or kindness or forgiveness of God. And yet God wanted to forgive. God was eager to save these people. God's compassion and kindness is so much bigger than ours. Our mission here on earth is to point to Jesus to the point to the one who came to save. Our mission is not to decide who and he, who he should and should not save. <laughs> Our mission is simply to be like, okay, Lord, you want to save people. That is your heart, to save people. Use me. Use me. Let me be an instrument in your mission of saving the world. Thank you, God, that I get to be an instrument in that mission. Praise be to God. Uh, I have learned much through the study of Jonah. I pray that you do too. I am so grateful that we have a God who is going to use me despite all my failures and whose compassion and mercy is bigger than I can fathom. And also, I'm so grateful to have a God that I cannot get away from. <laughs> Even if I desire to flee far from him, I cannot. I cannot get away from God. Neither could Jonah. Neither can you. Praise be to God. Amen and amen. Have an awesome day. Bye.